Hello, and welcome again to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have uh, our guest today, Robert Bob Priest, the author of his book, The Leak, launched last October, the end of October, almost 30 days now, Bob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's good. Uh, end of October. Uh, I'm looking about, about this. I really looked over the, the materials that they gave me. And uh, you uh, have a lot, uh, a lot to talk about, I think, on, on, about, about your book. Um, and you can begin wherever you'd like to begin. Uh, yes, thank you, John. And yes, the book is very much about uh, integrity. And uh, the book, um, and, and again, the book, as you said, came out actually not very long ago, just about two or three weeks ago. Um, but it's about how a small leak of a non-hazardous material created a firestorm that brought in its wake the uh, firing of the contractor at a national laboratory, the closing of a major facility, and the uh, calls to close the lab itself. Now the the lab, um, I mean, stop me if you want more information. But the no, lab itself is, is is Brookhaven National Laboratory, which is one of the first three national laboratories that was built after the war. It was built to house scientific instruments that were too big for individual institutions or universities to afford. So, and and right after the war, these were research reactors and particle accelerators. So Brookhaven was one of these, one of the first three, and it was built on Long Island, um, not too far from, from New York City, the, the middle of Long Island, uh, by nine universities who in the Northeast who came together to do it. Mm -hmm. And one of their, um, so one of their instruments was a, uh, a, a reactor which was used for research purposes. Now, let me, let me say first that there's an important difference between power reactors and research reactors. Uh, they're, they're very different in structure and in size. Power reactors are 30, 40 times as big as research reactors. Now, research um, reactors produce large quantities of two things. Uh, they produce heat and neutrons. And power reactors, use the heat, take the heat and use it to generate energy and throw away the neutrons. Research reactors throw away the heat and use the neutrons for scientific purposes. They study material, they study the structure of materials, they study the structure of biological uh, forms of life, they create mm -hmm. medical isotopes, they, for, uh, isotopes used for medical diagnosis and treatment and so forth. And so the, and the, the structure and size are very different. Now, in 1997, there was a small leak of uh, tritium-containing material. Tritium is a, a form of, of hydrogen that um, that it's uh, it's it's a form of radiation that's relatively safe. Its rays can be stopped by a single piece of paper, and it, it's used in self-eliminating exit signs and so forth. It's 
hydrogeologists put it in the water to trace uh, ground flow and so on. And but but the the laboratory the the spent fuel pool of this reactor was found to be leaking it, and the announcement of that leak in January of 1997 created a political media activist firestorm that wound up closing this reactor and uh, and calls to close the lab itself. So that's what the, that's what the book is about. This leak. Now the connection to integrity is that um, the danger of the leak was blown, blown all out of proportion. I mean, and and I wrote it because, um, I mean, at the, at the time, I was finishing a book on the history of the, of the first 25 years of the laboratory at the time. And suddenly these events began um, unfolding around me. And at first, at, I considered briefly writing a book about them, but I thought nobody would believe it. Conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories damaging science, people not believing in science, depending on whether it supports their agendas or not. Um, all the active uh, politicians caving to uh, celebrities. I mean, I just thought this was too weird. And then 25 years later, I changed my mind because this, this what happened in 1997 is like the canary in the coal mine for the events of today. And you can see this all happening in this one particular story. Well, I uh, made some notes as I was going through the materials I was given. And the first thing, once I, once I figured it out, which didn't take long, but I wrote down much ado about nothing. And then I thought, who was it that stirred the pot? But then how many are, are there, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, there's... Um... You can, the, the book is about how, how does this announcement of nothing, a, a leak that's not a, a health danger or environmental danger, doesn't get into drinking water, how does it create a firestorm? And in a way, that's the puzzle of the book. And part of it is that it falls in, it fell into a very hypersensitive environment. I mean, people have fears and understandable fears about radiation. And Chernobyl had taken place less than 10 years beforehand. No, just about 10 years beforehand, 1986. Uh, Three Ma Island was 1979. You know, and, and who knows what, uh, you know, the, the lab is not was not entirely innocent. They hadn't detected this leak for about a dozen years. Still, it, in this hypersensitive environment, the danger was blown all out of proportion. And it's um, and and you say who stirred the pot? Well, the celebrities partly stirred the pot. Politicians who wanted environmental credentials stirred the pot. Activists with anti-nuclear agendas mm -hmm. stirred the, the pot. And so you have all you know it's a way like a perfect storm to change the metaphor. Mm -hmm. All of these uh, people coming together created this thing that was um, that was damaging to scientific process. Well, it, it sounds very sil similar to what we've gone through the last two, three years, COVID. Right. It's And here's why it's important. Here's why integrity is important. Because the, the, if you think about the key existential issues facing the planet, um, nowadays, in the 21st century, um, uh, pandemics, 
global warming, um, toxins, rising seas, and so forth, they all, to deal with them, all require science. They all have a scientific dimension to them. So being able to understand what the science is saying and to incorporate it into policy is is very important. So that that's why the story is is important. Right, right. That became, I would imagine, it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and and of course that probably um, put goosebumps on your arms for for a long while. Um, I uh, look at certain things whenever I go through the materials. And one of the things that I do is the, um, I analyze in my own way that I can as best with you helping me, the contents, the contents. And that tells me basically what your, what your book is gonna be. What's it gonna be about? Um, the first item that I've looked at is not the leak discovered, that much I could figure out. But number two is sacked. What was sacked? Well, that's a. Uh, I, I can understand the question, but the the, uh, the the when the laboratory was built in 1947, it was run, as I said, by a series of nine by a group of nine universities uh, who who were collaborated in building it. However, they needed a um, a contractor to contract with the government so that they could take the government's money, but run the laboratory like a university. You know, so they didn't want to run it like the post office or the, the uh, TVA. They wanted to run it with the independence of a university and not be, um, you know, not be, and have the scientists not be civil servants. So, um, and, and that contractor was called AUI, Associated Universities, Inc., and they ran the the um, laboratory Brookhaven for fifty years, you know. So that that was another part that I, I forgot to mention. A, uh, the laboratory was fifty years old in nineteen ninety seven. So they expected this wonderful celebration of this laboratory that had won four Nobel prizes, which is more than any other laboratory in the world in the same time period. Um, and uh, so AUI was beginning to mount the celebration. But after the, the um, leak was announced, the Department of Energy, which was very sensitive about its reputation, um, decided to fire the contractor, to fire AUI. And they ambushed the laboratory because they didn't tell the laboratory what they were going to do. And the Secretary of Energy at the time showed up at the laboratory on May 1st, 1997, and announced that he was firing the contractor. So that was the, um, that was, the AUI was the group being sacked. And so that, that episode, that, that particular chapter that you mentioned is about the events leading up to that, which were pretty dramatic. Right. Well, I would think that uh, that kind of uh, event uh, would cause, I guess, a chaotic summer for the, that comes next. And uh, is, it, <laughs> is that, uh, is that correct? Yes, it was, it was chaotic uh, because the announcement that the Department of Energy assumed that, that terminating the contractor and announcing the competition for a new one would calm the, uh, the politicians and the activists. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it did the opposite 
because when you have the Department of Energy canceling the contract, and this, this was the first time in, in its history, it, it, people understandably thought, wow, what must be, the lab must really be a danger to the community. So you had protests every day at the lab gate, and laboratory employees had to drive through these protesters dressed in like mushroom clouds and skeletons. They would, <laughs> the, the laboratory employees, when they they would stop at gas stations, that there were there were um, you know signs on their cars that identified them as lab employees, and they were accused of being you know killers and damagers of the environment. And then there were episodes that were um, that, that, that were just so strange that it's hard to believe. Like uh, one, I, I told you that tritium was in ex, used in exit signs, self-eliminating exit signs. Mm -hmm. Well, 10 days after the announcement uh, of the AUI firing, a New Jersey um, youth high school student after a prom uh, went to a landfill. It was probably had a little bit, had consumed a little bit. Went to a landfill, found one of these exit signs, broke it open, thought it was really cool looking, broke it up open, and wound up ingesting tritium. Then noticed the radioactive sign, went to his doctor. His doctor examined him and found that his pee had more, had a higher concentration of tritium than the plume itself at Brookhaven, for which they, the Department of Energy had just fired the contractor. But the doctor rightly said, you're safe. There's nothing wrong and ask the, the, the kid just to drink enough water and pee it out. So there's that, uh, that's, you know, it's hard to believe that this, this, uh, right. uh, this, uh, that this could happen. Not, not much logic in that. No, and then there were other things that summer, like, um, well, the editor of a local newspaper wrote that he had found a time machine in the lab and it, that the lab was about to um, give birth to dinosaurs and 40-foot spiders that would then would be seized by a UFO. And he thought that people would realize that he was, he was spoofing the, the media and the, um, and the activist account of what was happening at the lab. So the next week, he, but, but not enough people were, were realized it was a spoof. So he, uh, the next week he had to write an article saying, look, if you close Brookhaven, this will be the greatest damage to uh, US science that, that we've had. Right. I can see that. Uh, and I can see in, in uh, chapter four, uh, blowing in the wind, uh, that must be Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, that comes from a statement by an environmentalist that to make politicians um, uh, be on your to to make politicians go, you have to. Um, uh, you no, know, politicians are like weather vanes. That's the quote. You have to get them moved. You have to you have to create a wind to blow them. So that's right. a yes, a, quoting Dylan. But that's that's what the reference is too, because the activists very successfully uh, created enough wind to blow the politicians. Interesting, interesting. Of course, that's been going on now from that period to the end of a turbulent year. How many years is that at that point? Um, that's just one year. Oh, the really? Leak, the okay. leak is announced in January of 1997. The wow. Department of Energy cancels 
the uh, uh, AUI's contract on May 1st, 1997, the politicians um, de de uh, start to try to close the reactor in September mm -hmm. of 1997. Right. And the, um, but the, the leak is finally completely stopped at the very end of the year. So that's 1997, the 20th, the, the 50th anniversary of this laboratory, of this world famous laboratory um, is uh, 1997 is the turbulent year. Wow. Now, following that, no respite. Um, the activists, meanwhile, had formed a very um, powerful, well-funded uh, anti-nuclear group based in the Hamptons on, on uh, Long Island, this wealthy enclave. And they, even though the leak was stopped, the contractor had been fired, um, they set out to make sure that the reactor was closed. And they began to stage a series of events attacking the lab at the beginning of the next year. So that's what no respite means. I see. So, so even though even though there was a new the the new contractor took over, well, the contract was signed January of nineteen ninety eight, and they took over March first, nineteen ninety eight, as well too. They still faced the same kind of opposition that this this anti nuclear group had been exerting the previous year. Right, and then scrammed. Scrammed is a technical term. Meaning, um, it's it's what happens when you suddenly shut down a reactor in an emergency. Uh -huh. So you know if you if the reactor is operating and there's a little glitch, you suddenly push the um, uh, the the scram button and it it closes down. It's it's you know it's a safety device, but it means stopping the entire you stop the entire thing. It's like an emergency button. So uh, scram scrammed means. Uh, so the chapter scrammed is all about uh, how the reactor, the end of the reactor, the death of the reactor. And what happened was that um, the, uh, the, the reactor, uh, there was an environmental impact statement and uh, that the, uh, for restarting the reactor. Mm -hmm. And the outcome was supposed to, whether the reactor was to be turned on or not, was supposed to depend on the outcome of this environmental impact statement. And in fact, the environmental impact statement was said, the draft statement said that there was no, um, no danger in reopening this research reactor. But under pressure from this, this activist group, whose most prominent members were Alec Baldwin and Christy Brinkley, the uh, Department of Energy Secretary, Bill Richardson, decided to terminate the reactor. Uh -huh. And he did so, that too was an ambush. He didn't tell the laboratory he was doing that. Laboratory employees learned about it from the newspapers. So uh, that's why the, the, that chapter is entitled Scrammed. I see. Uh, that's... Um... That's probably something you don't do, I would guess, especially. Well, it means you're, yeah, it means you're you've got an emergency. Yeah. To it, it means you're you're not closing the reactor for 
um, for for maintenance or anything. You're you're it means something's gone wrong, so you kill it. Right. There's a sentence I wrote or underlined in the in the prologue. Then and now we found many of the unfolding events to be like the plot twists in some outrageous tragic comedy whose spectrum of vivid characters ranged from cultivated to clownish. That one, that one grabbed me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is like a, working on the story did seem like a novel at times. You know, you have yeah. strong characters, you have celebrities, uh, you have uh, celebrities on TV shows. It's um, right. it, it was quite a story. Yeah, we've had our own with the uh, that we see on TV a lot of, uh, and that would be Fau uh, Dr. Fauci, and he's done the the COVID uh, in the in the U.S. and the and the people. Um, they yeah, I don't know I have a, a million um, adjectives that I'd throw at him, tomatoes and things like that. Um, what's your view of of that in terms of one individual? In, in charge of CDC or uh, and then reporting directly to the president at one time um, is, that, is that somewhat of the similar well if if you have a conspiracy theory the, that uh, that's big enough you um, it it may run into contrary evidence and you have to create distrust in that evidence to make the conspiracy theory work. So if you believe that the election is being stolen, you um, have to say, well, those voting machines must be, um, the, the, somebody must have hacked those, those voting machines, or there must be some cheating involved. Otherwise your conspiracy theory doesn't make any sense. So, right. and, and so if you, if you believe that uh, the climate is not warming, and the seas are not rising, then you have to claim that the scientists who say that they are, are, are corrupt somehow. So, um, and that's what happened at, on Long Island in 1997. In truth, the water was not, um, the, the, the water was not polluted, uh, as the activists said, but the local um, water, the, the Suffolk County Water Authority, um, that, that that meant that the the activists had to claim that the Suffolk County Water Authority um, was not right, mm -hmm. but the Suffolk County Water Authority was a very reputable organization, and they were um, you know they were horrified that the uh, that that their 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 um, that, that they were being subject to um, to suspicion, and so they ran advertisements saying, look. Don't believe those those reports. Your water is safe. So that's that's what that's what I'd say is, is similar. Is that is that science that uh, conspiracy theorists are having to cast suspicion on right. uh, reputable scientists and reputable institutions. Right. Another statement that I saw: how the discovery of harmless leak of radiation sparked a media firestorm, political grandstanding and fear-mongering that closed a vital scientific facility. That, that sounds to me like, oh, you know, I know I'm not supposed to do that. No, and, and it's it's harmful to, uh, you know, public safety, public 
safety and environmental uh, uh, health and safety as well too. I mean, we, we have a stake, there, there are stakes here. The um, If you tell people that the water is polluted when it's not, if you tell mm-hmm. people that a certain operation of a re- reactor is, is if you say the cancer is, is higher in a certain area, um when it's not then then your your view of what um your uh your your perspective on what on what's healthy and what's safe is it begins to get skewed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i read all your reviews they're very good uh, congratulations thank you uh, and um where can people buy your book where do you find you if they want to contact with you? Well, I hope the book is all over the internet, but okay. If it's not, I'm at <laughs> robertpcrease.com. And um, they, I mean, the book is put out by MIT Press, but you can, um, uh-huh. you can, MIT Press, uh, you know, has connections with lots of people. And I'm hoping you can find the book in your local bookstore. I'm, I'm sure that, that your publicist is doing the best she can. Yes, she's very good. Um, yes, I understand that too. Um, I uh, want to thank you for being uh, on our show. Uh, this is good scientific stuff, and a lot of people are going to lap it up. And then uh, the ones that don't lap it up, they'll be asking questions. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, John. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about the book. I mean, as 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 you said, it just came out, and so my head has been you know, involved mm-hmm. in writing the book. And 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 now I can let's talk about it. Right, right. Well, I want to thank my uh, listeners um, to tune in to Searching for Integrity. And so long and happy trails to all. Mm-hmm.